Hello, good morning. I'm Andrew Guile. I'm a solicitor and a director here at GN Law and welcome to our In Conversation series. Um, this morning I am with my colleague Luke Cowles Hi. and my colleague Hazel Metcalf, Hello. Um, who are both solicitors here with me in the Police Actions Department. Now this morning what we're going to look at um, is an issue that's arisen out of a government tender that took place in August of this year and that tender involved um, uh, outsourcing a lot of the bailiff work or all of the bailiff work that's currently done by courts. So to give you a brief example, it's, it's a situation where someone um, has a court fine against them and they don't pay it and a bailiff is turning up at their house perhaps to take their TV or other goods in their house. Um, at the moment, um, that is um, done in part by the courts, but in part by private companies, which we're going to hear about um, from Luke and Hazel. Um, but in the main media recently, um, there's been a lot of furore about uh, it being um, passed on to G4S and Serco in that they bidded um, for these contracts. We don't know the outcome of the contracts as I understand no. it at the moment, uh, but there's a great deal of concern about um, what will happen if um, those two companies uh, are involved to a greater extent uh, in those sorts of activities and including um, the power to arrest people and things like that. It's certainly with G4S. People get worried because G4S have got a lot of contracts from the government over the years, so it would be less surprising if they were to win this contract as well, because that's generally a, a quite a common formula for them. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to really hand over to Luke and Hazel, who've been doing the research uh, around this topic, and we'll be looking at the um, the, the realities of the, of the situation uh, and trying to uh, bring you viewers a bit more. Uh, make you a bit more informed about exactly the extent to which you should be worried about this development. So over to you guys. Um, what have you what have you found? Well, obviously the main concerns around G4S are their history, and um, one one of the main problems that they've experienced in their contracts is when they made up offenders that they were tagging and charged the government for yes. it basically yeah this is one of the yeah this is one of the recent so anyone watching this video will probably remember um, some of these stories in the media because the concern is it's not just necessarily should the government be outsourcing these powers but should they be outsourcing them to someone like g4s yes so um, the quality of the individual that is actually obtaining mm, the contract in the first place. And the company that's controlling the actual individuals who physically turn up at the door yeah. and, and knock uh, on the door. And certainly it's not lost on us, like you mentioned just now, that G4S, as well as Serco, in terms of, let's say, the public's view of them, it's generally pretty poor because of things like they're looking after prisons and lots of issues going on with that, and you, you can speak about, a bit about that in a minute. And a lot of people remember G4S for the Olympics fiasco, which is not that long ago, where they were contracted out to provide security, didn't provide enough staff, and ultimately the government ends up having to bring in, I think it was like 3,000 troops or something in terms of the army, which is, you know, just yeah, pretty it's farcical. Especially when you've got a world event and you're trying to show the world, you know, how lovely and organised you are, and that's, you know, ultimately what happens. So what, what evidence was there against them in, in your tagging case? There, it was, they, they, were ta they were charging for tagging more offenders than mm. they were actually tagging, yeah. so they're yeah. overcharging. Exactly, right. and, and some of them, I think the issues were the individual was in prison, so therefore not on a tag, 
uh, and charges were being put forward. Um, and in, I think, and I'm not 100% certain, but I think in some cases, either the individual may have been deceased. And so again, mm. you know, but either way, there were some clear situations where the individual was not on a tag, charges are being put forward. And it, it reminds me a little bit of um, job centre issues where they've had recruitment companies come in, private contracts, and they've, I think it's only a few years ago, they were charging for allegedly helping certain amounts of people get jobs or, or seeing them consultations. I think it was rep for limited. Okay. And, and they, you know, and that's the issue, I think, certainly with the arguments as to public functions being carried out by private companies uh, and what is the actual objective of that individual so you know private companies you know generically obviously they tend to be profit driven that you know that's what makes them a business keeps them a going concern um, but G4S certainly uh, especially with with prisons and you've obviously dealt with some prisons which are yeah so it's also concerns about the levels of regulation within that private company so Medway Secure Detention Centre which was a detention centre for children mm. was actually taken off G4S by the government because of the failings and the abuse that happened there so there was a panorama yeah. this was the panorama undercover yes. Yes. dragging them around the floor and yeah yeah exactly so the concerns about the use of force there will also be concerned when they're exercising warrants to um, for fines or for by exercising arrest. Yes. Yeah. I mean, one of the articles that I read um, in one of the, the the tabloids, I can't remember which one, was saying that one of the concerns were is that at the moment court-based staff. Um, one would hope would just view it as a job and they turn up at the front door and somebody might say well look I have this excuse for not paying my fine or give me a bit more time or whatever and it certainly came across to me in reading that article you might want to, to, to say whether or not my assumptions are correct is that the, the, the indication was that the bailiff has some sort of discretion yeah. um, in terms of whether or not they actually pile on into the house and, and enforce something um, and the, the the belief is is that the way the system operates at the moment involves a degree of discretion and a degree of humanity in turning up and someone says, look, I'm really sorry, my, my mum's just died. I haven't been in the country. I've been off in somewhere else where they might be from some, you know, parents might be somewhere else around the world. Um, and they say, okay, fine, you can have another seven days or 14 days or something like this. But the fear is, is that G4S, G4S will turn up and we have concerns from the examples that you've given of the quality of the staff that G4S has. And it depends on that. And, and how their payment system is going to work. Because like That's the saying, point, isn't it? It's incentives. With the discretion. Yep. Will, will G4S or Serco staff turning up to try and recover money be more concerned about their target for that month, whether yes. they've recovered £10,000 or whatever, um, such that will will you know the humanity leave the doorstep as it were and, and imagine almost a situation where you know by turning up and trying to initially obtain some money triggers a level one fee if the alleged offender is supposed to have resisted and that that ends up leading to an arrest or use of force that triggers a level two fee yeah that yeah. that's an issue where arrest is yeah. actually almost something 
by in terms of profit, perhaps, and I'm not suggesting so that this happen, but managers could encourage yeah. to be a bit more free and open about it. They might actually prompt or there might be a fear that, yeah, I mean, I, I can see your, see your point, sorry, Angela, I'll, I'll come back in just a yeah. sec, but I can see your point because <coughs> I suppose it is, pos- it, it is logical that under a contract with the government, they will be paid more for doing more. So if, they, prison so if they do have to arrest somebody, then they're la- naturally going to get paid more. Yeah. I so, think it's important yeah. to um, point out here that there are private companies already yes. with yes. these powers. So they private companies do have the power to arrest in these situations already. It's not going to be yes. a new power. Yeah. Um, and so it's in certain situations that they can arrest. It's not that they're just going to be able to come around and if they don't, you don't pay the fine, they'll be able to arrest you. They can only arrest you when there is a warrant for committal, committing. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't be that they just have unlimited it, powers. Exactly. Like you say, the court has to give out, or, or I suppose... Uh, give a certain warrant in the first place so there is a certain level of uh, power already given by the court but I think yes I mean depending on how dare I say the fee structure and I'm sure that fee structure already exists like you you mentioned this isn't a new power that's rolling out it's the issue is about these two specific companies and there are others but these are the ones that tend to be a the biggest companies and b have some of the more negative light against them you know, we agreed with that for, for certain reasons. I mean, certainly with prisons, like you mentioned, in terms of fee structures, there's been issues where, you know, on the one hand, there's just epic amounts of drugs being brought into prisons, uh, you know, according to sort of some of the journalists. And from a, you know, if you're a private company, on the one hand, sort of catching people, putting those statistics forward is a good thing, sure, you know, in terms of a public sort of sphere, but then they were going to get fines and penalties if they ca- catch too many in a month because it suggests their security is too lax. And there were uh, certainly allegations that they were purposely, A, not looking for drugs because that would then in turn mean they're sending the government statistics of, oh, we're looking after your prison and these 20,000 incidents happened over the last year or something. So purposely trying to keep that number reduced so it it gives a a false impression about how much drugs there really is and b you know it it ultimately has a financial aspect to it which is which is ultimately key in terms of how they perform their job so um the there also there are there are criticisms of the current private companies that I, mean, I was in, I was interested in that so I mean what 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 information do we have about how it's currently operating well there's Concerns because they, the way people see this is that a lot of the time when you're enforcing, uh, the bailiffs are enforcing the fines or, or the warrants for arrest, they are dealing with some of the most vulnerable in society yeah. because they are the people that end up in this situation. Getting, getting, getting um, and as you said, there are meant to be ways that they deal with this. So they're not meant to come to the house between 9pm and 6am. They aren't, they're meant to give you um, time to deal with it if, if someone there is definitely vulnerable. So if they are clearly suffering from mental illness or if they've had a recent bereavement. And it, there is a report in um, March 2017, which was uh, taking control the need for fundamental bail, bailiff reform. 
And that explored that the private companies were not taking these elements into consideration as well as the civilian enforcement teams. And and that's a good point because, like you said about vulnerable people, you know, debt is a hugely problematic issue across the board for generically vulnerable people to be in debt, not be able to pay it. And it's it's a very distressing event having a bailiff come up to your house and, and pretty much be in, trying to enforce debts upon you, which you know we're not going to go into necessarily the, the the roundabout of it. But you know if you can't pay your debts, there is that balance between having someone who's going to be a bit more approachable about it. And I know these are bailiffs, so you know we, we can't completely live in sort of a, a, a sort of fairyland. But you know there is that balance of. of you are dealing with people and the sort of situations that some of these people find them in um, there's no harm in a bit of humanity about it either I think that you know again going back to my impression from the recent media coverage Mm. that the media seemed to be unaware at least it wasn't getting reported that these powers did already exist and and were being operated by private companies already Um, it came across as, look, this is this massive change. You know, G4S are going to have powers of arrest, and this is a disaster. I mean, it may well be a disaster, um, but we can clarify here in this in conversation yes. that it's nothing new. No, um, it does seem to be a rollout such that um, local courts will no longer have any internal bailiff procedures it will all be outsourced to private companies so it's been small scale at the moment and it's now going boof big scale Um, but the powers of arrest come from a court this is not at the discretion of G4S staff but we seem to be saying that we still nevertheless because of the examples with the problems that they've caused we're still very concerned and and the the way it's been pitched in the media is is perhaps certainly not without um, good cause um, we do have concerns regarding the control, the quality, the training, and the approach that these staff will take from looking at your March report. Um, if, if independent companies without the bad, bad track record of G4S have been making, have been accused, or the statistics seem to suggest that they're not um, exercising their discretion um, to be a bit more humane on, on, on people's doorsteps then um, what are people going to be in for with, with G4S yes. or Serco? I mean, like you said, the Magistrates Court Act does already set out powers that already exist where private companies ultimately can sort of be a civilian enforcement officer, which includes a number of powers that are already in existence, one of them being arrest. But like you said, the quality, the training, uh, and perhaps the openness or scrutiny that they're going to have, because... You know, by nature, you know, public entities pretty much that there's very little they can do that won't get found out or seen reports and the internal workings of that public authority. Whereas with private companies, there's always an element of possibly shadiness as to what they what they necessarily have to give um, in terms of you know the, the, the work they're doing, but necessarily what's happening in the sort of boardrooms, what's happening in the back level, the sort of discussions behind closed doors and the amount that we'll know versus the amount that we we won't necessarily know about Mm. it's probably important to to add in case anyone um watching this is is interested is that just because these are private companies yes as they will be exercising 
a power of the state granted to them by the state, by the court with a warrant um, for arrest, um, they are going to be subject to being sued as if yes. they were the state. Uh, under legal so, aid as well, yeah. it will be covered. So uh, anything they do wrong, any assaults, um, any uh, wrongful exercise of their powers or, or, or failure to properly exercise their discretion will be something um, that, um, that people can bring an action for. Yes. So that they're, they're open to that as well. They're certainly not immune from that sort of action. Is there anything else coming out of your, your research that you think we can um, helpfully add into this this um, in conversation? Certainly from my point of view, I think the major issues are largely covered in terms of the, the sort of, you know, the, the media is generally talking about concerns about these specific companies and it being broadened to allow them to now have powers and given the sort of track history that they have people's worry about how they will specifically implement powers that already exist you know are they capable of doing it will it lead to more problems uh, given you know what, what they've already managed to do in terms of prisons and notorious problems with that you mentioned about the tagging and you know that ultimately costs the taxpayer more and unless we uncover it but otherwise simply it's just you know it's, it's big yeah. money and big bills and these aren't only concerns raised by the media, they are also concerns raised by other politicians. So there's been motions brought by other politicians regarding this matter because they are concerned about these companies mm-hmm. and concerned about these public functions being privatised. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, I hope you found the video helpful. Um, There are other videos in this In Conversation series that you might want to watch and you might find equally helpful. If you've enjoyed it, um, please give it a like and feel free to share it. Thank you very much for joining us.